You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Geraldine's not scared. She's laughing. You don't have to be scared. You know, we learned something early in the piece. Nothing to do with sermon today. When, when, the, um, when the demonic started breaking out and God just brought people off the street to us to get rid of them, us who had never done it before, which was interesting. Um, we, we, you know, you, you hear stories, you read books, you see movies and you think, all the theatrical dramatics have to happen before this demon goes. You've got to wrestle with it. You've got to get thrown across the room. Things got to scratch your eyes out. You know, all that ridiculous stuff. Um, and all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, what are you doing? You've got authority over this. Jesus never wrestled with a demonic. He just spoke to it. You know? I think, I think sometimes in some of these things, we want more of Hollywood than we do the Word of God. You know, we want to make a motion picture out of the thing. And people get scared of stuff that you should never be afraid of. You know, if, if a demonic person walked up to you and started manifesting, are you going to just wilt in the presence of that? Are you going to stand strong and say, in the name of Jesus? You know, I'm telling you right now. We, we just found it, it just, it, it floored me one time. I just said, in the name of Jesus, shut up. The person hit the floor, boom. And I looked at my associate and went, it worked? <laughs> of course it worked. Hollywood wants you to think different. Don't, don't get caught up into that stuff. You know, um, the devil's a toothless lion. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion. It didn't say he is the roaring lion. There's one lion, the lion of Judah. You know, and so, come on guys, stay alive with me this morning. You know, can I say something? Because we went straight to what today was about intimacy. I guarantee you, some of you stood there with your hands in your pockets or started surfing Facebook and went... Yeah, kind of dead this morning. Listen to me. Style of music never determines the presence of God. Never. It's the intent of the heart. God is not seeking your worship. He is seeking worshipers. God is not an egocentric deity up in heaven going, look, you've got to do it, and you've got to do it according to this pattern. And, uh, you know, I'm even bored with your worship this morning. You're not jumping around. You're not loud. There are times to be loud, and there are times to be still. In the middle of a battle going on, God told the psalmist, be still and know that I'm God, which was the weirdest time for that to happen. I don't know about you, but it's in weird times God tells me, be still. It's like, I don't want to. I need to move. I need to do something. I don't feel like I'm achieving anything unless I'm achieving something. And God says, be still. So get there. Get there. If you're like me, stillness is a curse. It's like lines are from hell. Traffic is purgatory. Anything that can't be cooked in the microwave should not be eaten. That's the way it is, you know. It's like, I hate it when God says, patience, wait. I did, I waited. It's been 30 seconds, you've done nothing. Wait. Because sometimes when he's saying wait, he's saying, I'm not going to talk to you. I want you to just be still. Because you're not getting it. The breakthrough is not as close as you think. So just wait. And 
until it happens. I think this morning, look, I, I've, I've, uh, I picked up some revelation while I was away, and I'm, I've been looking forward to bringing this to you for a while. We were in this and doing this, and I'm, thinking, I'm not going to bring this kind of thing. And this morning is part one in a two-part series, and I need to say that up front so you get some excitement, you come with anticipation, uh, because this morning is about a foundation that's going to break something open that you apply in your lives with application that's going to be incredible. And I, I was getting this kind of revelation from God, a, a couple of things. One of the ones I got, and I, I don't have time to unpack it this morning, do you remember we did that series, In Him? Remember that? I, I, while I was away, I was kind of reading the Word, and God says, there's another truth. And people need to get this. It's one thing to know that you're in Him, but do you know what is in you? And all of a sudden, these scriptures start popping up everywhere where God says, you know, in you, there's a good work in you coming to perfection. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. His power is at in you. Life is in you. Grace is in you. Truth is in you. Christ is being formed in you. Now, the reason that's a revelation is because people are constantly looking for the thing out there where it's probably right here. you seek Padawan is within you and all of a sudden it's all, it's like Christianity is on a quest to get something that they already possess in you that's kind of one of the revelations and unpacking that can be incredibly powerful but I was also reading a book it's this book here called heaven is now by dr. Andrew Farley great book um, in it, he tells the story of the movie Beautiful Mind. Did anybody see the movie Beautiful Mind? Right, okay, Russell Crowe, main character. It's based on a true story about uh, one of the most brilliant minds in history, uh, Professor Nash. And yet, the story unfolds that Professor Nash had this extreme, extreme schizophrenia that caused him to have delusions, and all the way through the film, you see him wrestling with his thoughts, wrestling. Let me read to you a little bit about that. Let's just get this open and do that. He says this. He, Dr. Nash, began thinking people are after him. He started imagining a Department of Defense contact helping him with his mission to unravel a conspiracy. All of these hallucinations seemed very real to him on an experiential level. His thoughts and his emotions tell him no different. Eventually, he comes to grips with the fact that he is suffering from delusions. And for the rest of the movie, you watch him trying to move on in everyday life, all the while trying to ignore some very strong pulls towards these thoughts. People appear to him. Thoughts are presented to him. And the one and only solution is to ignore them all. As he turns a deaf ear to them and sets his mind on what really and actually is true, he experiences peace. But the temptation to revert to the old ways of delusion is still very strong. Now, let me put this quote up on the board that comes from this story. Whoop. Hey, Facebook. It's not too much different for us. It's not much different for us Christians. For us, what we experience mentally and emotionally in our souls from day to day can be very different from what we're called to set our minds on concerning our human spirits. We're not really that different. We get caught up in a world where thoughts, voices, people, 
in fantasy land. Starts dictating to our life so much so that we believe it's real, it's true. Which is interesting. And I want to tell you, sometimes that battle inside, I don't know about you, but it drives me crazy sometimes. It's almost like, who is that weirdo inside my head? And the battle just seems so flippin' real. And it causes me, I don't know about you, but it causes me to kind of wrestle with God about my standing with Him and my freedom. Am I really free? I can sing it, but sometimes it doesn't seem real. And I know that battle's very real for my thoughts and emotions. That's why Paul said, set your minds on things above. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And I have to deliberately make the choice to go, I am not going to the wrong place. I'm not going to think the wrong thing. I have to deliberately block out the wrong thing, but not just go, no, I have to say yes to the right thing. It's not just get rid of that, it's what do I actually have that I need. Let, let me give you a physical example that I live with, um, that, that's with me every day of my life. Most of you don't know this, but I live with this. I actually live with a condition called tinnitus. Tinnitus is defined as the hearing of sound when no external sound is present. I remember being in Ross's uh, clinic one day, taking my mother to get hearing aids, and I'm in his room, and I'm looking around, and I'm going, Ross, your sound system is feeding back. I hear ringing. He said, I have no sound system. That's your ears. And there's this constant ringing and hiss that I live with. Sometimes I feel like my head is in this big oyster shell. I live with that. Do you know, they actually tell you that over time it can cause depression, anxiety, even suicide. Because you get, I can't live with this anymore. I guess it's a result of too much rock music and loud motorbikes. You know, I don't know. But reading this book made me stop and think about our freedom. And the Holy Spirit gave me this revelation. I need to reopen this. Give me a second. The Holy Spirit gave me this revelation. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. And this is one of the revelations. Thank you, Richard. And this is the revelation that, uh, that God brought to me while I was away. Freedom comes from within, not from without. It comes from the inside out. Listen to me. Jesus very clearly, and I'm going to read it in the message version, Jesus very clearly in John 8, 31, he turned to the Jews who claimed to believe in him. If you stick with this, stick with what? He has just gone through this verbal, emotional battle with the scribes and the Pharisees about who he really is. You can't be that. You can't, you know, and he's, wrestling, he's gone to the, to the temple for the Feast of Tabernacles. You know what the Feast of Tabernacles is? It's when they're, they're thinking back when they had to travel through the wilderness and God provided everything they needed. So what they do is they set up, they set, and I think it's only three palm branches and they will live under those palm branches for nearly a week commemorating their trek through the wilderness and how God provided and they would eat certain foods and then there would be light. And so in the temple they had these big massive lamps and that signified that all the way through the wilderness you guided us with your light before us. Jesus steps into the temple and says, I'm the light of the world. If you believe me, you'll never walk in darkness. And Pharisees go, how can you be the light of the world? Who are you? Who do you 
think you are? And he's going through this verbal battle. Some of them start believing in him. And so Jesus turns to all the Jews in the temple and he says, if you stick with this, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. Living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Did you know being a disciple isn't just about what you believe? It's about what you live. He said, then you will experience, there's the word, you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will set you free. No amount of memorizing verses can ensure your freedom. As good as that is. Somewhere along the lines, the Holy Spirit will quicken that word. You've heard that old phrase. He will cause the word to become so alive in you. It's like, <gasps> you take a breath and it's like, I just got born again. It's an experience from the inside out. And yet, you know, people stand back and they go, yeah, but. Little voice in your head goes, yeah, but. I hear what he's saying, but still not free you need to switch that let me tell you you need to switch that we we allow the outside in stuff to determine whether we're free or not yeah if you knew what was going on in my world if you knew what happened to me way back then if you knew who was doing this to me you wouldn't say i was free outside in and all of a sudden the stuff on the outside becomes absolute truth at worst and relativity at best listen to me and we get caught up in that delusion just like nash did in a beautiful mind listen to me so i want to i want to i want to pose this to you this morning i'm laying a foundation here because i'm sensing there's a new level of this for so many of us okay that's that's where we're going over the next couple of weeks and here's the first truth I want to pose to you this morning. Our freedom is the greater truth. Listen to me. Our freedom is the greater truth. We live in this world of constant change, and it affects us so strongly we become consumed by it, and our thoughts begin to tell us, and circumstances happening to us that they control us, and that is reality. And so we start defining ourselves out of that. Well, I'm just no good because... Well, I'm a nobody because. Well, I can't do that because. Why? Outside in has become so strong that it now determines who I am and what I can do or not do. And we say, that's the truth. You hear people say, well, that's the truth. That's a fact. That's the truth. The outside in. And what happens in our emotions take us to the wrong place. Let me show you something. Turn this thing around. No stick figures. Some of you get, yeah, who said hallelujah? Jez wrote some of that for me, and it did have an appendage somewhere, but we erased it. Mm -hmm. 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us that we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And God says very, very clearly in that body, soul, and spirit that God's intention is for you and for me to be absolutely blameless when Jesus comes again. Oh, yeah, but. No, there is no but. Either his word is true and his intentions are right and he is able, or God's not real. Come on. His word is as real as he is. 
And so it is, it is not just the intention of God, but it is also the action of God for us to be holy and blameless, not just inside our spirit that's, that's saved forever, but even body, soul, and spirit. I actually believe you can get to the point, now this is going to sound radical, I believe you and I can get to the point where we get to the end of the day, put our head on the pillow and go, oh my goodness, I don't think I sinned today. I know where some of your thoughts are going right now, nah, not possible. Why? Because your circumstances out here are dictating into your soul, something goes down in your world and you tell yourself, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Garbage! You are an empowered individual by grace so you can live above sin. Change your thinking. Change your speaking to yourself. And so what happens is we start living from the outside in instead of the inside out. Because what happens on the inside, I've got to be careful with the colors, don't I? You can't see green and you can't see red. It's interesting, right in this place is where the Holy Spirit lives. And you know what he's called? The spirit of truth. Now, we're going to read that passage in John 8 a little bit further. Jesus said it. What sets us free? You know the truth. Well, how do I know that? Because the spirit of truth lives in me. Truth is in me. David said in Psalm 51, 6, his confession psalm, his repentance psalm, which is an interesting thing. In that psalm, David said this, Behold, you desire truth in my inner being. What does God want? He said, you don't want a bunch of sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings. What you want is a broken, contrite spirit that says the truth lives in me. You know, I heard David, I didn't hear, I've read it where David in his confession said to God, against you and you only have I sinned. And it's only my respect for the word of God that I didn't go. Lies. You sinned against Bathsheba. You sinned against Uriah. You sinned against your wife. You sinned against your kids. You sinned against your nation. How can you say against you and you only have I sinned? Because David got to the place where in his inner being, he knew there's a difference between remorse and repentance. There is a huge difference between self-flagellation, beating yourself up, oh, I'm so bad, oh, I'm so guilty. That still is not repentance. Until you get nose to nose with a holy God and you go, oh my God, I have sinned against you, and you know you're like a moth flying into a flame, that's when you're moving to repentance. And David said that in Psalm 51, and he goes, but in me, in my inner person, you desire truth. You want me to be real with you and with myself. The spirit of truth lives in us. From the inside out. Even think about this. Oh, no, I'll do it maybe next week. Leave that one till next week. Is that all right, Jim? He said, all right, good. So says the TAFE teacher. Ex-TAFE teacher. Do you know what happens? When all of a sudden, these things here in the soul, the soul is like the mind. I don't know if you know this, but the word for soul in the ancient language is the word psyche, where psychology comes from. Now that part of our person is where 
the will makes choices. The emotions live and move and create havoc sometimes, or happiness. And all of a sudden, out here in the body realm, you get things like circumstances, small there, sorry, attacks, sickness, all that kind of stuff. So what happens out here, that's interesting, somebody needs to come up and keep teaching, what happens out here is this, let me just give you an illustration, somebody betrays you, I'm not going to ask a show of hands, who in here has been betrayed, I'm not asking for a show of hands, don't worry, but you know what happens? careful because of that circumstance a seed of bitterness gets planted and because out here in in the place where I live every day and I meet people and I see people I get betrayed I I start getting bitter you know the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 said do not let this root of bitterness spring up and choke off the grace of God it will defile a lot of people so I get I get betrayed This is some of the battles I had to go through. I get betrayed, and what happens is this. If I start coming from the outside in, and that's affecting my emotions, eventually it's going to affect my thoughts. Eventually it's going to affect my choice. And instead of saying, I'm free, I hold nothing against no man. These little chains start linking up and developing. It's called strongholds. Because I'm living from the outside in. I'm allowing circumstances, others, situations to determine who I am and how I respond. Here's what's worse. As a Christian, we then start looking for the answer to this chain out here somewhere. Go to a conference, surely I'll get free. I I heard somebody say recently, I want to go where such and such is preaching because I'm in desperate need of a prophetic word. The only reason they went to that meeting is so the preacher would have some life-changing word over them. I thought, my goodness. What about the life-changing word that lives in? And I know how that feels because we get desperate. We want to be free. But we think the answer is from the inside out, from the outside in. Now here's, freedom is the greater truth. Your circumstances, this stuff out here, you go, oh yeah, but it's very real. Of course it's real. It's not fantasy land. But it's not the truth. It doesn't determine who you are, where you will spend eternity, and what you become. Listen to me. Why? Because freedom is a greater truth because it's anchored in the eternal, not the temporal. Can I say that again? Freedom is anchored in what goes forever, not what passes. Listen. It's been established by God and it exists in His... You know God's got an eternal plan for you? 
and it's not based on the stuff on the outside. It's not God sitting up in heaven going, oh my goodness, I, I hope that person is nice to Chris today because it might spoil my plans if he isn't. We might do that as parents. Have you ever done that, you ever done that with your kids? You take them to a new school or wherever and you go, I hope they're nice to my child because they'll hate school from then on out. That's not the way God is. Listen, Paul said in Romans 8, I'm going to read it in the message again. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. Now, you know what 828 is, don't you? You've memorized that. All things work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Well, 829 says, well, then God knew what he was doing from the beginning. Don't be shocked. He decided from the outset. Can I suggest, without you getting caught up and calling me a Calvinist, that even before you were born, he decided what was going to take place in your life. Why? Not so he could have strings on you like a puppet, but so that he could shape you, so that you could be like his son. Why? Because his son stands in the first line of humanity he restored. That's why. That's God's plan for you. God's plan for you is nothing less than being like his son. Nothing less. You go, oh yeah, Keith, but the facts are. I don't care what the facts are. What's the truth? Yeah, the fact might be right now that you're not doing that well in your faith. You're not that on fire. You, you are bound up by stuff. But the truth is that God, is, God can even work that in your life to make you more like Jesus. I mean, do you think Jesus going to the cross went, oh, this is so wonderful. I feel so good about this. Just bring it on. Give me more. Father, take it away from me, is what he said. So, freedom's greater because it's anchored in the eternal, not the temporal. But let me tell you another reason why freedom's greater, because it remains. Psalm 119, your word, God, is settled forever in heaven. You know, God speaks words about you in heaven. David said in the Psalms, even his thoughts toward me can't be counted because there are so many of them. He thinks about you. And those thoughts, those, those words that he speaks out about you, they are eternal. See, the internal work of God's truth is more real than the outworking of circumstances. Why? Circumstances change. They come and go. And that's the truth. But his word remains forever. God doesn't look at you and go, you know, yesterday I called you a champion. Today I call you a loser. No. He looks at you and says... You are more than a conqueror. And he never changes that language, even if you're losing the day. Whoa. I don't think you got that. I'll come back to it in a minute. Because here's the deal. Freedom's founded on truth that doesn't come and go when my feelings change. Even my lifestyle changes. And I'll say something that, again, you'll go, oh, here we go. This is risky. Yes, it is. I want you to think about this. The Holy Spirit doesn't abandon me even if I do the wrong thing. You mean even if I sin? Even if I rebel against God? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit doesn't go, I'm out of here. I don't like you. You're a dipstick. Listen, the scripture tells us in 1 John that even when our own heart condemns us, stop. Put the pause button on for a minute. Have you ever been in a place where you knew what you were doing, how you were living, what you were thinking was not pleasing to God, so much so that inside you start saying, 
well, I'm just not a Christian. Or maybe I might not be. You ever done that? What are you basing that on? Outside in? You're basing it on these things here, circumstances. Those circumstances get into your mind. They get into your feelings. And then they start making choices. And you speak those choices out. God just goes, I can't, I, that's all right. I got big shoulders. Because I know in my heart I'm faithful to you. And our freedom is based on a truth that remains. And it leads us to the next reality about this truth. Remember, laying a foundation day. Freedom is our birthright. Not just a greater truth. Get that fixed in your head. The freedom that God has given to me that lives in me is greater than the circumstances going on around me. Secondly, it is your birthright. Romans 8, 29. Let's read it in the NIV. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Listen, listen. When the father looks at Jesus, he doesn't go, my one and only. You know he doesn't do that. He says, my one of many. Not that you become divine. I'm not saying that, but you certainly become a son of God, a child of God, and you, you become like his son in this process. And he doesn't call you any different. Jesus is the firstborn among a lot, many. That's why he's changing us to be like him, because this freedom belongs to us according to the work that he's doing in our lives. Freedom isn't attained. Listen to me. And this is where a switch, this is where the revelation came. I don't have to fight for my freedom anymore. Well, let it sit for a minute. I don't fight for my freedom. I fight from being free. There's a difference in my thinking because as my head and my heart think, so am I. That's how I live. So if I think I'm constantly grabbing, trying to get it, falling short, never got it, I'm not going to live like a free person. But if all of a sudden I realize there has been an emancipation proclamation by God Almighty saying to the devil, my people are to be let go right now. Boom, I'm free. Freedom isn't attained or secured by your efforts or my effort. Instead, it's the work that he did at the cross. When Jesus said it's finished, he wasn't just talking about payment. He was also talking about guarantee and security. And the Holy Spirit, says in Ephesians 1, seals that guarantee within us. He secured it at the cross, and He continues to work it in our life as the Spirit of truth does this, starts doing stuff inside out, shaping my mind and my emotions and causing my choices to be godly from the inside out. I'm not groping, I'm not grasping, I'm not wrestling for something. I am learning how to live out of what's already been given to me. For we, Peter said, have been given everything we need for godliness. God doesn't look and go, whoops, I kind of didn't give him enough, did I? Listen, that's a phrase you'll never hear in heaven, whoops. You'll never hear that in heaven. God doesn't look at you and go, whoops, how'd they get in? 
It's like God spoke to me and he said, tell the people this. Stop asking for what you've already been given. Start living out of the fullness of the freedom that you have. It's been secured. In John chapter 14, Jesus is getting the disciples ready for his departure. And he said, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Do you know that phrase, another counselor, literally means one just like the same. Same what? Same as Jesus. He's going to live with you. Now understand, this is pre-cross, pre-Pentecost. He's talking to the disciples. Now if he were talking to us today, you know what he'd say? I did ask my father and he did give you the other counselor and he is with you forever. The spirit of truth. And the world doesn't accept him because they don't see him, they don't know him, but you do know him and this is what he would say to us, because he lives with you and in you. At Pentecost, boom. Something happened in history that never happened to a human on the planet before. The Holy Spirit made his dwelling inside of human beings. The Spirit of truth. So I know we've got freedom in us because where the Spirit of the Lord is, what? There's freedom. He lives in us. That's according not just to his work, but according to his word. Truth is both. Now, in John 8, when Jesus maps out truth, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He said it is a belief and it is an encounter. It isn't just doctrine, what we know, but it's also the living word, who we know. You, can, you know, there's a lot of people who know the scriptures. The people he was debating with, man, they could take the scriptures and run rings around us. And Jesus said, but you're not free. You've, you've never been set free. You need an encounter with truth. Bill Johnson said this in his book, The Power That Changes the World. There is nothing like a profound encounter with God to increase the burning desire of our hearts for what is right and possible in our lifetime. Dwell on that for a second. Can I ask you a question? What is actually right for your life? Then ask the question, what's actually possible in your life? Interesting. Are you going to answer from the outside in or the inside out? Are you going to answer from the truth that the Spirit is teaching you and telling you and confirming in you and has put within you? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Because the reality is the possibility of living a life of freedom wasn't just possible, it was made clear as probable. When you have this belief and this encounter. Let's go back to John 8 for a minute. Let's just read through the passage. John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed him. They're wrestling with this issue of belief. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. There you go, clear cut. People who say they believe and live another way, simple answer. Here's that amazing verse we quote often. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know what dawned on me? It's possible to believe and still not live in freedom. Mm -hmm. Because religion doesn't equal freedom. I wonder why so many of us wrestle with this thing but I'm not I'm not if you just knew what I go through if you knew my thoughts if you knew maybe you're just living out of religion maybe you're doing the right you're ticking the boxes yep I'll go to church yeah I'll go to connect group once in a while I'll pray once in a while I'll read my Bible that's not relationship that's duty and it's possible to believe in Jesus and not be free 
It's exactly what he's trying to say. Listen, guys, when you hold to my teaching, what's his teaching? Who he is, what he came to do, walking with him, living with him. Verse 33, they answered him. They got ticked, by the way. Because you know what he's saying? You're a bunch of slaves. They get ticked. They say, hang on a minute, we're Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves to anyone. Hang on, man, have you not read Exodus, Genesis? <laughs> Your ancestors were slaves, but well, never mind, we'll keep going. We're Abraham's kids. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you tell us we need to be set free? You know what that's saying? You are never going to be free until you realize you need to be free. Listen to me. Denial has always prevented people from living in God's fullness. Let me say it again. Denial, yeah, but it wasn't me. If you knew what happened to me, if you knew what they did to me, shake that off. Get out of that thing. Until you go, yeah, that's right. There are things that have enslaved me. And it's nobody's fault. I'm not going to blame anybody else. I'm not even going to take on a victim attitude. I just want to get free. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You know what he said when he did that? Have you ever sinned? Yeah, you know, I've kind of been dishonorable to mom and dad. You're a slave. I told a white lie the other day. You're a slave. Oh, the only point he's trying to make is this. Don't say you are absolutely free just because you were born into the house of God. He says, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. I, I want you to hang on to that for a minute. He didn't say somebody who was perfect. Somebody who has been transferred from slavery to sonship is there forever. They live in the house as a son or a daughter of God Almighty. They don't live as a slave. And sometimes our thinking is just, I've got to have this experience. I've got to go chasing this conference. I've got to get somebody to lay hands on me and impart something to me. And then I, I'll be free. I won't be a slave anymore. No, if you are a child of God, it's within you. Listen to me. You, you, you get freedom because it's from the inside out. Freedom begins the moment we are saved. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you still struggle or not, whether you stumble or not, you are free. And it happens when we believe and we trust in Jesus. Who is He? He is the Lord of creation. He is the Savior of all men. He is God Almighty who died on a cross for our sins. And what He did, He paid for our sins. He imparted. Paul uses a phrase... The old English says impute. You know what that means? He put it into your bank account. He credited to you what was rightfully his called righteousness that makes you absolutely perfect before Almighty God. You know, when God looks at you, he doesn't go, there's Kiri over there. Poor old Kiri. She's just a sinner saved by my grace. That's not how God looks at Kiri. God looks at Kiri and says, beautiful daughter who is washed clean, totally right with me. And Kiri goes, yeah, but I did this stuff. He goes, no, 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 you're still right with me. Yeah, but I said something. No, 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 you're still right with me because of what Jesus did for you. You got his rightness and that makes you right with me. That doesn't excuse sin. Don't go there. It actually gives us the ability to live above sin. And the moment we encounter him, 
will experience the truth and we will be set free. It is knowing by experience, not just by knowledge. Jesus is not saying, hey, just read the Bible, memorize some scriptures, learn some facts, and it's done. When Jesus is saying knowing, he's saying, you've got to know who I am and what I did for you. It's knowing by experience when you know the truth. Listen, listen. It's like eating chocolate. Do you remember the first time you ate chocolate? Anybody remember that? I don't because I was too young. Does anybody remember the first time you put that, that chocolate in your mouth? No? Okay. I don't. You know, it's the first time you really got to know chocolate in an amazing way. You didn't just stare at this brown kind of thing going, what is that? And if I ask you, hey, do you know chocolate Earl? Earl's not going to say to me, yeah, you know, um, I know how they do it. They go to the cocoa tree, they get the cocoa bean, they take it to the factory, they go through this process. It lands in the store, I buy it off the shelf, pop it into my mouth, and that's chocolate. That's not what he's going to say to me. If, if, if I said, do you, do you know chocolate? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Ah. Oh. Every little kid on this campus last week became little demons beating up every other kid for every chocolate egg they could possess. Your kids needed deliverance last week, I'm telling you. Ask a kid, do you know chocolate? Oh boy, do they know chocolate. What are you saying? It's not the analysis of how this is made and what is inside of it, but all of a sudden the experience of popping that stuff in your mouth for the first time. <gasps> like heaven golly I didn't know they could make something that tastes so good I'm telling you knowing the truth about Jesus is a life changing experience that changes us from the inside out that's what it is now I don't know guys listen I can't, I can't adequately or logically tell you how a man's death on the cross 2000 years ago could somehow make my life different today but I can tell you that my life has been changed and I am free from the penalty of sin because I know and have experienced he died for me listen I can't prove to you in any kind of legal way or any kind of claim that I've got a piece of property in eternity called heaven and I have a right to live there I can't tell you that but what I can tell you is that I know and I have this assurance deep down in here that I have a home in heaven with a father forever and ever because he has said so. Now, I, listen, I can't scientifically or medically tell you I've got a new heart, that I've had a transplant. There are no records to show that and to prove that. But I can tell you I have been made new from the inside out. I might not be perfect, but I'm not the same person that I was before that. I am new, a new creation from the inside out. I have experienced the love of Jesus Christ. I am free. And here's the deal. If you are a child of God, freedom does not come upon you or to you. Freedom is inside of you. This is not a new age teaching. It has been given to you through the cross and the residency of the Holy Ghost living in you, who is the spirit of truth. You don't have to go on a search for it. There's no conference that can put freedom inside your soul. Now, I'm not saying don't go to conferences. Don't go there. And there's no person who can lay hands on you and make you free. Don't go looking for it. Go, don't go finding the conference God or the anointing guru. They can't do that for you. They can stand with you in the freedom that already has been given to you because the spirit of truth lives in you and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Truth. That's the foundation, guys. 
You might well say to me, that all sounds good in theory, Keith, but what about practice? What about reality? The facts are that I don't feel free and I don't live like I'm free, and that's a fact. Well, that's right. Because freedom seems to elude us at times. It seems to be the exception rather than the norm for so many Christians. If I went around with a microphone right now, put it under your mouth and said, tell me how much you are free. Oh, gee, I imagine we get all kind of responses. Freedom has an elusiveness about it. And we need to wrestle that through, but not today. Today, it's like God is saying to you, get your foundation settled. Because you can have all this stuff happening around you and for you and, and, and people saying things to you and you can read book after book, but until that foundation is settled, you're going you're gonna to put something on shifting sand. And even if the right thing landed on it, it's not going to stay there because it's not on the foundation that freedom is already yours. It's already yours. And even though the facts are that you might be wrestling for that and, and not living that and not thinking that right now, the truth in heaven, when God looks at you, He has declared that you are free. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And as I was getting ready for this week, which we need to round it off because we need to leave some for next week. And I, I told you to get ready for this with anticipation next week because some of the stuff that God's going to deal with is just, I, I think things you've been battling with are gonna just be gone in a moment i was reading the other day you know jesus approaches this guy with a demon other people just couldn't get rid of the demon and all of a sudden jesus just goes get out didn't even let him talk just quiet get out and i believe you're gonna have an experience of truth that's so powerful it's gonna be that quick out gone off of you in jesus name but as i was getting ready for this it's like the holy spirit said it's about two or three things that we want to start working on right now that is determining your level of Christian living from the outside in. And if I went and put a microphone under your mouth right now and said, tell me how you're going in these areas, particularly these two areas right now, bitterness and anger, I think you'd probably, some of you'd want to exit the building very quickly. Because these things are feeding into your soul. So much so that you believe they're real. Oh yeah, they might be an experience, but they're not real in the sense that they possess you, they own you and determine who you are. Don't let this spring up among you. It chokes off the grace of God and defiles many. Some of you have been hurt so bad. It's like, and, and, you, and you hear the words coming out of your emotions going, no, I'll never forgive that person. And you even start justifying it in your will because if you knew what they did to me. And all of a sudden, we're living like this instead of living like the overcomer that God says you are. Somebody has hurt you. Somebody has abused you. Somebody has taken advantage of you. And it's made you so angry and so bitter that you're even struggling to hear this today. As a matter of fact, you've probably put your foot down and said, I'm not coming back next week. I don't want to hear that again. You're not going to know what freedom is until you know you need to be free. It's like the Jews. We're not slaves. 
How dare you call us slaves? We're Abraham's kids. Jesus said, listen, you're not going to get free until you know you need to be free. Come on, let's stand to our feet for a minute. So here's the edgy call, just for a moment. Being real. Being real. That's what I'm saying. Being real. Here's the edgy call. How much longer do you want to live with that bitterness? How much longer do you want those voices from the outside coming in telling you you're never going to be free from this? You're never going to get away from this. You're going to have to manage this anger management the rest of your life. You're just going to have to learn to manage that depression that's come from this. You're just going to have to learn to manage that anxiety. You're just going to, God doesn't talk about management, He talks about freedom talks about overcoming father I pray right now in Jesus name Paul prayed for a church that was awesome and yet there were areas that they needed to grow in and he said I pray that you'd give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation they're not going to know you better until that happens father so I pray for us here today God a spirit of wisdom and revelation because there are some anchors, there are some fiery darts, there are some things happening in this arena of bitterness and anger that is so binding, some people are just about ready to give up. The critical, negative, destructive voices have become so dominant that they're just about over with you. But today is a day of freedom. So, Father, I declare where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You are here, you are in us, and you are moving among us right now. And those seeds of bitterness need to be poisoned. That thing that's choking off the grace of God needs to be cut out right now in Jesus' name. Because there is forgiveness, there is cleansing, there is healing. There is the enlarging of the soul. God, today, there's just, even today, we don't have to wait till next week. You just want to stamp on their soul these words, you are more than a conqueror. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. I want you to do something. God's just starting already. The Holy Spirit, Spirit of Truth, is starting to speak to you about some bitterness that's starting to dwell in there some anger that's coming out of that, the wrong kind of thinking. I'm telling you right here, right now, as much as we'd like to do it, you need no man to lay hands on you right now. The Spirit of God is so strong in this place right now that just a moment, just a moment of confession and reality, yes, Father, it's true, set me free. I'm telling you, gone in Jesus' name got to be real you got to be true you got to let the Holy Spirit lead you if that's you I'm just going to pray for you real quick right here and now that that freedom just come on you like a flood if you are willing for the bitterness to go and the anger to be quenched I'm going to pray for you right now nobody looking around nobody's business but God and you you go I'm, I'm tired of this it's it's 
That bitterness is poisoning the life within me. The grace of God is being choked off and people are getting defiled when they come in contact with me. It's so intense. And I, I'm just declaring right now, I need to be free. I need to be free. I'm not going to listen to those voices anymore that tell me I have the right to do this. I'm not going to convince myself that it's okay to not like them and to hate them. I'm not, no, no more. So right now, if that's you, just put your hand up because that just signifies that the Spirit of God's going to come on you right here, right now and start releasing things. Yeah, I see those hands. Just get them up high. You're not doing this for me. You're not doing it to me. You're doing it between you and God. God Almighty is ready to release freedom like you have never experienced. So Father, right now, I want to thank you for the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit that looses this in Jesus' name. For every child of God that says, I'm sick of this bitterness and this anger, I need to be free from that. Holy Spirit, right now, you're going to release us, you're going to take it out, and you are declaring it is gone, it is gone, it is gone in the name of Jesus. The Son is setting you free, and you are really free. Thank you, Father. It's going. It's gone. It doesn't belong anymore. We are free indeed. All that poison, all that bitterness, just it's like it's going out of our body and onto the ground right now, leaving us forever in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Freedom. Freedom. While your heads are bowed, eyes closed, if you're here this morning, and you've not yet come to know Jesus as your Savior. Remember what I said earlier? Freedom begins when you come to the cross. It can't happen without the cross. The Son, of the, the Son of God died in our place. He was a substitute for our sin at a place called Calvary where He died. He didn't just die for His belief system and His, his uh, way of doing things. He died for you and for me so that the Father would look at us and say, clean, righteous. And if you've never done that, you've never come to the cross and you've never confessed Jesus as your Savior and you've received Him into your life as your Lord, you say, Keith, I need to do that today. I, I, I need to be saved. I need to be a child of God and I don't know that I am. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up and wave at me. People did this last week in our service. Anybody here today? Keith, pray for me. Pray with me that I will do this. I'll come to the cross. I will be saved before it's too late. You know, people say, oh, not now, maybe tomorrow. There might not be a tomorrow. Stop waiting. Why not now? Why not you? Anybody like that say, Keith, pray for me. Father, we want to thank you for the grace that sets us free. We want to thank you for the freedom that's here today. We want to thank you for the cross that just so powerfully broke us free from death, hell, and the grave, made us a new creation. I want to thank you for your grace here right now to empower us over these kind of vices and traps and sins. God, we want to thank you that you have begun something through this revelation that freedom is ours from the inside out, that, God, we are going to be uh, so powerfully changed from glory to glory over the days to come God, it's going to be like we got born again, again. And we want to thank you. We worship you, God, because of this freedom. Hey, I think we ought to close, just sing a little bit about freedom.
because this song just says it so, so good. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.